A young man, Eller Coltrane, travels across the western U.S. with a handheld recorder, gathering sounds. This is By the River. Episode 7, Eller Arrives in California. I mean, it's totally off the grid. I mean, by definition, I'm not on any grid. We do have a, like, 3G internet signal you can get. I mean, is it like what a lot of people who like go out and intend to live off the grid and like build a sustainable like energy system and water system, you know, like, no, this is not really that sustainable at this point. You know, it's, it's still like temporary. I said, you know, I didn't even plant a garden this year because I was afraid I didn't have enough fucking water. Like, right. <laughs> that's kind of like step one is like try and grow your own food. And that's that's my goal. That's my you know, agenda is to like try and create a a sustainable, you know, workable farm up here with animals and the fruit tree orchard and the gardens and doing a lot more than just like existing. How did you find this place? Internet, driving around. Um, and you're yeah, I'm cool with never, it. You're never in a box. It's like yeah. I've realized I, I spend so much of my life in the city just like in boxes. Like it's all just boxes that you like go between. Drive around in a little One box, another, right? sleep inside of a box, work in a box. But when I was younger, the city definitely had a lot more appeal to me than it does now, you know? I think I'm like out of place in like a boom chicka boom chicka boom boom dance club right. in the city, you know? I'm like this old dude. So, and it doesn't really appeal to me that much anyways. It never really right. even did. I feel pretty out of place in a dance club too. It's yeah. just like a weird, a weird environment. So much of society, I guess. It's just like, you realize that just so many of these just abstract, like ridiculously convoluted, like exercises that we go through are just like weird mating rituals and just like ways that you're, you know, deep down, you're just like trying to be like impressive to the opposite sex, but it's just like, it gets so, <laughs> I don't know, so twisted. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy the lengths that people go to <laughs> on a regular basis. All the chicks you want to talk to are looking at their iPhone. That's why I have a dog. She's too stinky to sleep with, though. It's the only problem. Other than that, she's the perfect companion, you know? I want to have chickens and goats and rabbits. Totally want to yeah. have chickens and goats and rabbits. Me too, man. That's all. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I got plenty of space. A donkey would be great.
the mind is a situation that's in, in process, both individually and as a species, you know? And so like where I look at things and like, I don't, like, I, like you say the void and it's interesting because I think of painting, especially non-representational painting as in some ways wrestling with the void. Do you think it's necessary to like, to run away from, from all of that, from, I mean, not just social media, but just kind of, you know, the, the social structure and the success structure and model of society, you know, in cities and no, the you art know, world or whatever it is. You I, know, I think you have to be really careful because so many people will model themselves off some historical figure who like resisted the advancement of technology or, or civilization in some way and they'll retreat and they'll, they, you become a parody. And I don't want to just be like a second rate version that's pretended and postured of something that happened 20, 50 or 100 years ago, you know? And I think that too often you see that. I want to be me in the very best, most realized way that I could do that. And I exist right here, right now, in this moment, in this broader moment that we share with everyone. And I think that I have to, because I'm aware of those things, it doesn't mean I have to focus on them, but I have to like reconcile them with all the other decisions I make. And so I think that it would be irresponsible in a way to, to run away from that. And I don't think it'd be irresponsible to society. It's not like my debt that I owe them to, to handle this and find a solution. It'd be irresponsible to my own version of the truth. I don't know anything. I feel like most of the time and I'm stumbling around trying to figure something out and then I accidentally or through the course of, of a long period of time put together something like I don't even know how I got to these paintings that I'm making. I mean I remember all the things but it's like holy shit I got lucky right there. I like spilled something or I tried this thing or like it's not because I'm smarter or better or you know anything than anyone else. It's just like it was just it just took being in there and doing it and so you get to this place and you make this thing and like I don't feel comfortable saying like, okay, now let me tell you. That's why when I talked about the title of that show, it was I Know Nothing. It's such an important kind of balance to be able to remain uncertain, you know. When I was growing up in the 80s, if you were, you know, if you were doing well and you were kind of playing the game the way it's supposed to be played, you wore the, 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 the totems and the symbols of that. You wore a nice watch. You wore fancy clothes, you drove a nice car, right? Now, if you're successful, it's cool to like not look successful. You had this counterculture that was aesthetically based. So like you were a punk and you'd have a mohawk and you'd have ripped pants and whatever, all this stuff to like visually express your disenchantment with society or disenfranchisement from it, right? The irony to me is that those were visual representations of some philosophical or, you know, emotional feeling and they were also a visual representation of hopefully some course of action. And, the, and you, now you have situations where like, I can go to Urban Outfitters and buy a pair of ripped pants. And they cost more than a pair of not ripped pants. You know, and ripped pants at one point were a symbolic reference to the fact that you couldn't afford not to have pants without rips in them. Like the meaning has been subverted. They've taken the culture and said like, we're gonna let you feel that way. We're just gonna, we're gonna make money. We're gonna package it, it to and we're gonna turn the very thing that you think you're using against us into the thing that now is helps us get what we ultimately want, which is economic control over you and maintaining a status quo of economic hierarchy and whatever. And alternative culture has been subverted, and 
commodified and you know now everybody's like a rebel without a cause everybody's like you know and it's lost its meaning entirely and so it's it's kind of like some kind of cultural masturbation to participate in that you know to be pretending that we're rebelling from something that is fueling every aspect of our existence right we just want the superficial like you know the the superficial decor that allows us to posture so that we can like within our it's you know within our little social networks and groups of of people that we spend time with we can be the i'm the edgy guy or i'm the and it's all about identity it's all about what is my identity within my you know my social group and and so and that's what we wanted i want to be the tough guy or i want to be this and that i always think about that because like you know like i go to europe a lot and i love certain things about european culture a certain simple sophistication clothing wise food wise so when i when i'm at home like there's certain european values that like i feel like gravitating towards when i'm in europe i'll wear like a wrangler shirt you know and like i want to like wear my levi's jacket or my like you know i want to like have certain elements of Americana because I see the separation right. between myself and the people that I'm around. And so I tend to, you know, like I, I should. That's been something I've definitely like been, you know, on this trip, just kind of seeing all these places and meeting you know, all these Americans, you know, that I was, I was similar to you, it seems like raised, you know, very much in this bubble, you know, this separate space from which we kind of judge the rest of society, you right. know, and and judge people who are too comfortable or too successful or too right. like themselves too much, you know, or You're right. whatever it is, you know, is very much kind of entirely rejecting of Americana, you know, and mm-hmm. of any of the ideals, you know, many of which I still don't agree with on a philosophical level, but but I've really found this appreciation of America and of Americana and of of the waste and the excess and mm-hmm. the distraction and the and the just this this huge game this huge tragedy or whatever it is you know it's like it is America and it is us you know it's like there's so many people try so hard to you know to emulate some European way of being or some you know bohemian or you know counterculture within the American culture, you know, that could somehow transcend or, like, separate itself from, you know, these things that we see as gross or evil about our culture, but it's like, I mean, whatever, it's like true, true transcendence come, you have to be within it, you have to be one with all of it, you know, it's like it, it's, there's something really fucking empowering and, like, beautiful about, like, being able to look at, like, a pile of shit or like a broken down house and love it and like love right. it and feel connected to it you know and like feel american and like appreciate all this fucked up bullshit as much as i appreciate the you know the river the days of crawdad catching minnow observing the days of laying still on the rocky bank of the creek, vaguely reptilian, big fat tadpoles, snakes skimming across the water's glistening surface. We were told to look out, get back, there's a snake. Legs and arms splashing for dry land, 
anxious looks over the shoulder. Doodling anxiety would quickly dissipate in the light of day. One sees things reflected in the creek. One makes the most of it. The day is one of slow motion. We are still as the water while we sit on towels and eat the cheap foodstuffs and drink the flavored soda. We are red in the face and the shoulders and the arms and thighs and feet. Fed, we return to little games. The stacking of rocks. Creation of creepside pools for the catching of small game. We scatter and shout. Later in the day, one drifts way, way back up into the woods that rise from the creek's far bank, through the trees and the shade, the cruel green tangle. And again, one turns and looks back, always turning, always looking. And one can see the family, the friends, the car, the play of light and shadow and imagination, sun glinting from the surface of the clear pool, stone and leaf playing their part, and somebody screams and splashes into the deep end of the swimming hole and comes up to the surface blinking, reaching, sputtering, a smile wild and beautiful in the face. been listening to by the river source audio by kevin ford and eller coltrane music and sound design by brian dillon and mike barnhart this concludes the podcast series thanks for listening